RadioInfluence.com. As America's zone coach, premier thought leader, and the world's number one coach of champions, Jim Fannin is the go-to person. He has guided the careers of the best pro athletes from 10 sports and business executives from 50 industries. He has coached individuals, families, relationships, and students in simplifying and balancing their lives for more than 40 years. From winning Wimbledon, the World Series, and a gold medal, to losing 68 pounds, saving lost marriages, or overcoming financial ruin, Jim Fannin has been behind the scenes guiding individuals through the intricate process of peak performance. His success tools are not just for the superstar. They're designed to help you reach your full potential as you tap into life's most successful mindset, the zone. And now, please welcome the coach of champions and America's zone coach, Jim Fannin. Hi, I'm Jim Fannin. Welcome to the Jim Fannin Show. I'm with my sidekick producer, Seth Hurd. So, Seth, how are you? I'm good. Uh, we are... Um, you recovered from uh, last weekend, of course. We recovered from last weekend, and we're coming off of a weekend where a lot of stuff happened. Like, it's a pretty exciting uh, time in the sports world, kind of in the in the calendar year. And also, there's a little business curveball I want to throw your way, too. Uh, oh, curveballs. For being in the zone for Come on, for I tee that thing up. Don't hang it. I'll hit it out. So here's what here's what I'm thinking about uh, as far as being in the zone in business, in particular in negotiations. Before we get into the sports upsets of the weekend, new device called the VSense Medical Center, um, and what it does is it can actually me- measure the vital signs of everybody in the room. And so this is great for like nursing homes or for emergency situations where they're looking for people, or Mike- at a party. When I look over, I go, <laughs> Seth, your heart rate is a little too quick. I really. I'm not kidding. I wonder how long till this winds up getting used in business where there's, you know, a merger deal and there's all of a sudden somebody's using a sensor to see what the other side is doing. If you're in the zone, that means your heart rate's down, your breathing is down, right? Your, your breathing's probably into the, it's definitely under 10 breaths a minute uh, as opposed to 15 to 17. I like this device. This is interesting. I really think that What a fun parlor game. <laughs> Guess my heart rate. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, if there's billions or millions or even hundreds of thousands of dollars on the table in the business world, uh, it seems like maybe this little device could wind up, you know, in the boardroom. Uh, what's the name of this device it's again? It's called the V-Sense Medical Sensor. It's pretty new, but th- this is not science fiction. It's not a theory of somebody's trying to make it. This works. So I, I think we're going to see it in, you know, in life moving forward. I like it. We need to keep our eye on this device, and uh, we'll. Uh, you need to check and see if we can get one. I'm going to hook you up, <laughs> Seth. You're hooked up next week. And if you stay in the zone, you never have to worry about who can see your uh, your heart rate through. Well, talk the about wall. who's in the zone. I I have coached four player. Uh, excuse me, two players to hit four home runs in one game, and I now need to add number three, wow. J D Martinez. Uh, Arizona Diamondbacks uh, this past week hit four home runs, one game, leading uh, the Diamondbacks' uh, 11-game win streak. And, and of course, this victory was over the uh, red-hot league-leading L.A. Dodgers. Dodgers, who are on fire, yeah. You know, when you hit four home runs in one game, obviously the pitcher, after you've hit one or two, all the pitchers are on alert. They know you're locked in. 
They're not going to pitch to you. But in, inevitably, when you get locked in, pitchers do what you want them to do. They make mistakes. They start their backswing uh, on, on their, uh, uh, their wind-up a little bit too quick. They miss their balance point. They fly open. They can't finish their pitch. And there's that cookie right down the middle. The one thing they don't want to do to a guy in the zone, and they do it over and over and over again. So kudos to J.D. Martinez. You are in the zone. I helped Mike Cameron hit four home runs. He actually hit two home runs in one inning, first inning, uh, several years ago against the White Sox when he was with the Mariners. And then Carlos Delgado hit four home runs as well. What an incredible feat. Four home runs, one game. Uh, That gives J.D. 34 uh, for the year, and he did not play the month of April. Not bad. And the reset tool has got to come into play there, right? Because once you know you're in the zone, you got to reset. Yeah, reboot. uh, Reboot, Yes, the reboot tool. uh, When you're aware of being in it, you're not in it any longer. So once you're aware of it, you need to reboot and just stay uh, in the moment, stretch that feeling. Uh, I sent him a text, uh, which uh, most of my athletes, they hate it and they love it. They love it because they know it's based on something they did really well. They hate it because it says the following, you're only as great as the day after greatness. Next. So that <laughs> that uh, text went out. And uh, so I've seen uh, players in all sports get in the zone and then be worthless for a week because the media their family friends are talking about it, which takes them back into the past, and it undoes everything that got them into the zone to begin with. So once you're in the zone, uh, stretching it like a rubber band, that is the key, and that's really what J.D. is going to do. Hopefully he'll hit a standard in the games after this. You know, I can't believe I haven't asked you this until this moment, but the, the top athletes in the world that you coach, do you have them just leave Sports Center off? Do they not need to see their own highlight on TV? Boy, that's hard to do. They're addicted to, to, to watching zone moments. But, you know, all of us are jaded about what is the zone, and we're also jaded about what is great. You know, we look on ESPN uh, Sports Center and we see a great moment. That doesn't mean you're great. You just had a great moment. You know, greatness is threading uh, a standard a minimum requirement for a solid performance over a long period of time. That's greatness. And then every now and then you pop a game where you get four home runs in one game. That's a great moment in your career. That doesn't mean you're a great player. However, the Diamondbacks going 11 straight, that's that's a pretty zone streak right there. It is, and especially this time of year, uh, the wild card race is uh, pretty ferocious. And uh, they're just padding that lead. Looks like they, unless they have some major collapse, but with everybody hot, and that's Goldschmidt also on their team in addition to Martinez, uh, looks like they're going to get into the playoffs. That'll be awesome. And, of course, an endless amount of chips and salsa were consumed over the weekend as college football returned. And a lot of people gathered to celebrate that together. Uh, I wish I knew the Howard University fight song because, holy moly, can you imagine? Can you imagine being a 45-point underdog going into the game, Howard University against UNLV, uh, and that's the betting line, 
45-point underdog, and they pull the biggest upset on the planet with a 43-40 win over the running Rebels. Uh, Howard University, you're in the zone. Kudos to their football team, uh, led by uh, Cam Newton's uh, brother, uh, Kalen Newton. So, uh, Howard, that's a purposeful, calm feeling. And to be able to uh, David and Goliath this this victory, uh, my hat's off to you. You're in the zone. I love it. Just one follow-up question on this one as well. Teams that seem like they have no chance. I don't know if you've ever coached players or coaches that are in the NCAA tournament and they're they're in that dreaded 15, 16 spot where it's like, well, we have no chance. You know, of course you have no chance until somebody did it a couple years ago and, and beat Michigan State. How do you coach somebody that's going into a big point spread, a big underdog situation where the world is saying this, this can't happen? And obviously the world would have said on Thursday or Wednesday night, there's no way last week that we're going to be talking about Howard next week after the opening of college 45 point underdog. I mean, point spread, you know, the, I, I coach uh, everybody really the same in this regard. And that's reach a minimum requirement for a solid performance, only according to you or your team. You got to reach a standard and greatness is the differential between your very best game and your very worst. And obviously, you want that differential to be as small as possible. So my advice to uh, UNLV, the next game, reach a standard. And and really, if they would have done that against Howard, maybe they had pulled off their victory. But also, I could say that to Howard. Now that you've had one of the biggest upsets in the history of uh, college football, reach your standard, a minimum requirement for a solid satisfactory performance, not great, according to you. And uh, Howard, uh, good luck in your rest of your season. I hope you reach a lot of standards. Great upset for Howard University. Fantastic. Uh, let's talk a little bit about golf. Uh, the Dell Technologies uh, Championship was played last weekend. Uh, we're starting into the uh, playoffs, the end of the season, and the PGA Tour. And we've got an amazing race for player of the year. You've got Justin Thomas uh, posted a 66 three-shot win over uh, Jordan Spieth. Fifth win of the year. Now, he's joining Spieth, Jack Nicklaus, Tiger Woods, uh, as the uh, only people under 25 to have five wins in one season. And, and of course, uh, Thomas and Spieth both own a major. So uh, with uh, three tournaments to go, it's going to be a dogfight to see who's player of the year. I'm looking forward to it. Money's on the table. And uh, let's see who's going to pick up the money. Again, I would hit my high standard. And then once you do that, it's a short hop to a zone, uh, zone round of golf. So you're in the zone, Justin Thomas. And I'm not sure who's carrying you know, those particular events for the rest of the year, but they're almost in the zone by default because once you get an epic rivalry going like that, the eyeballs go to the TV. Everybody's excited. Hey, everybody's excited. And uh, I don't want to forget Dustin Johnson. I mean, he he's, uh, uh, he's still in the mix for player of the year, uh, especially if he wins the last two events. And then I got to talk about Roger Federer. Uh, regardless of how this tournament uh, finishes, uh, he is so impressive. He, he, he really started the U.S. Open 
not in the zone. Almost lost in the first round, five sets. Second round, uh, a close five-setter that he eked out. But, boy, he's rolling right now. Uh, he is definitely efficient, uh, big first serves, attacking when he needs to. This is a guy that can change gears according to the opponent. And uh, we'll see uh, what happens uh, this week. Uh, but so far, uh, Roger Federer is back in the zone. And you know he's had a lot of zone moments because even if you don't know yeah, he's had as a well, zone. First he's of all, had a zone he, career. He's had a zone career. He, he has. He, he is one of those people, one of those individuals that has eclipsed his entire sport. And if somebody said, you know, do you, do you know anything about tennis? No. Do you know Roger Federer? Of course I know Roger Federer. It's sort of like, you know, basketball isn't that big in, let's say, Ireland. Do you know anything about the NBA? No. Do you know LeBron James? Of course I know yeah, LeBron or, James. Or, or even Michael Jordan. Even yeah. Michael, you know, Mike's transcended uh, sports. Uh, yeah, this uh, Fetter's a class act on and off uh, the court. And uh, I just like, uh, he's a zone performer. I really like how he plays. Can't forget uh, uh, Rafa Nadal, uh, another zone performer. So it's going to be an interesting finish to the U.S. Open. And uh, I will be watching. I, I've been to 20 uh, U.S. Opens, uh, coached as high as the uh, semifinals there. So it's got a lot of fond memories. It, you know, I was talking to Peter Fleming, one of my longtime clients, my best friend, Peter, uh, who uh, won Wimbledon uh, four times with John McEnroe, uh, has been in the top 10 in the world. We were talking about the state of the union of tennis, and we're in awe of some of the young players on the tour. Fast, quick, uh, very few weaknesses, a uh, lot of zone performers. So it's going to be exciting, and I think we're going to have an exciting uh, uh, tennis for years to come. These players, they're playing a game that I, I'm not sure what they're doing. It's, it's like uh, I'm playing ping pong. That's how they're playing tennis. Pretty amazing. Wow. And sports need those zone performers to step up or our collective consciousness kind of drifts off to some other form of entertainment. Yeah, and sports needs uh, those uh, internal rivalries, really, that uh, gets a lot of publicity, get, gets fans against each other, which really stokes the fires uh, of everybody's enjoyment. And, you know, <laughs> that gets the audience in the zone. So... Um, it's exciting. It's you know, that, an exciting time. That's funny because you think about some of the classic rivalries like Red Sox, Yankees, Cubs, White Sox, stuff like that. If you take away one of those, the Yankees aren't the Yankees without the Red Sox there. Oh, it's good to have a rival. You know, I, I had rivals growing up in, uh, in, in all my sports. And, you know, I, I didn't like these guys, but they fueled me. They, they uh Help me with my visualization to overcome uh, all the challenges that they posed. Today, you know, Seth, we're going to talk about something that I, I think we all need, especially if, uh, if we have a job, we have a career, and that's work-life balance. That's a challenge. You know, it, it's competition in business has never been more ferocious. Uh, with the internet, uh, the small David, uh, almost like a Howard University, can compete with a, a major player. Uh, but it's easy to put all your happy eggs into your business. Uh, you're too tired to go home, hang out with your family, uh, play with your family, uh, just to interact with your family. 
and with the cell phone and with the Wi-Fi, we're working when we get back home. So I, I want to talk to someone who's really achieved work-life balance. This is a client of mine. Uh, he's been with me for four years. He's an amazing person. His name is Rob Wilson. He's the CEO of a company called Employco USA. This is a uh, a human resource company, and they have uh, Fortune 500 benefits at small business prices. Uh, so I'm looking forward to talking to Rob, how he achieved work-life balance, and how he is having success in the office and out of the office. Uh, so Rob's going to be really interesting. And he's also going to give some insight on what's going on in corporations today. So if you own a company uh, or work in a, in a small company, uh, you're going to want to listen to uh, Rob Wilson and see how he achieved work-life balance. I'm excited about having him on the air. Yeah, and if you are in an ownership or a management position, a lot of times I believe that we're rolling out tactics here that could make you a lot of money and make and as well as make you a true champion in every area of your life, right? This is an episode that I believe can save you a lot of money by getting the cutting edge of what's going on so you don't do something that causes a big, big lawsuit against you. Well, exactly. Uh, he can talk about sexual harassment and all the different things that uh, uh, really pop up for a business owner, uh, things you never think about until all of a sudden, wow, you know, there it is in front of you. Now you have to deal with it. Rob's company helps you deal with it. Uh, so they take a lot of the onus off of you as a, as a business owner. Uh, Work-life balance. You know, that that's a challenge for almost every client that I have. Uh, some of us get addicted to our work. I mean, we just love it. You know, we love going to work. We love the challenges. We just love what we do. It's hard to turn that off. Uh, but, of course, one of my favorite quotes, I wish this was my quote. I've quoted it so many times, but I'm going to have to give kudos to uh, Abraham Lincoln on this. If you had four hours to chop down a tree, you need to spend two hours sharpening your axe. So we sharpen that axe. We go chop down a business tree, and we're chopping. You know, we're making things happen. Uh, but how many times are we chopping with a dull axe? And that's because we, we need some relaxation and enjoyment. We need to go into the zone cafe and get a little balance. Uh, but I'm seeing that uh, more and more imbalance with so many people. And in fact, most of the uh, prospects that come to me and reach out to me, they're, they're out of balance. That's the first thing I'm trying to do is help them find that simplicity, find the balance, get your breathing down. And I told everyone this, I've told Rob that, you're more than a business person. You're more than a business owner. You're more than an athlete. You're a soul having awesome human experiences. And uh, work-life balance, that's really what it's all about. Hey, Rob Wilson. Welcome to the Jim Fannin Show. I, I'm glad you're on the air. You're with my uh, sidekick producer, Seth Hurt. Say, say hi to Seth. Hi, Seth. How are you? Good. I just previewed you as the guy that can probably save the average listener a whole bunch of money because they're not going to stumble into a lawsuit they never should have been in after hearing from you. Right. Absolutely. That's uh, that's the plan. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me on today, Jim. Hey, Rob. I want to I want to talk to you about. Uh, I, I we've known each other now about four years. Uh, 
tell us about how we met. What was your state of mind? Uh, you've got a human resource business, Employco USA. Uh, tell me about your mindset. What was going on about the time you and I started working together? Yeah, so we were at uh, a funny thing. We were at a golf tournament. You had uh, had a fantastic speech on on golf, a keynote the night before the tournament, and it was uh, you know a rain delay. I didn't feel like hitting out in the rain, and uh, you were under the uh, undercover as well. So we started chatting and uh, got together shortly thereafter. And and uh, it's, uh, the rest of history has been been fantastic. I uh, but where where was I? Uh, have a business that. Uh, uh, business that we've been running since 1996, uh, uh, growth mode, but uh, you know a lot of clutter in your life. We've got uh, at the time high school high school kids, grade school kids. Uh, my wife and I have been married since 1994, but you know a lot go uh, a lot going on. Typical typical business owner juggling uh, juggling too many things. Too many things. I, I remember one of the very first things uh, that you implemented was the 90 second rule. Uh, for your relationship and for your family, can you can you describe that and what's the impact? And that was about four years ago. And how's that going? The ninety second rule. Explain the ninety second rule to everyone. Sure, as 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 part of the score system, the 90, 90 second rule was was fantastic. And you know, as uh, for for me, it it, it really changed uh, a lot of my relationship with the with my with my wife, uh, my kids. 90 second rule for me was uh, I was so used to, you know, you're on the way home from meetings, you're maximizing your time, you're on the phone, you're thinking about, you know, you're, you're on conference calls, you come in your house, you just go right to your desk, you're on the phone. And uh, 90 second rule for me was never go in the house on the phone, never uh, uh, you know, finish your phone call in the car. Spend 90 seconds, clear your head, come in, and uh, and when you see your spouse, it's uh, you know you know she or she or he is the most important uh, important person in your life at that at that moment, and you give them uh, undivided attention. And, and same with your kids. Instead of you walking in on uh, on the phone saying, "Oh, yeah, I could see yeah, I'm on a call. I can't really say hi to you right now." Uh, instead, it's uh, it's all about it's all about them, and make that uh, those first 90 seconds really matter. Yeah, research has shown that you spend that first 90 seconds in the moment uh, looking your significant other and your kids in the eye long enough to discern eye color, which uh, if you try that, if you're listening right now and you try that when you go home, you're going to be surprised that you haven't been doing that and giving them that full intention. There's also a technique, Rob, inside the 90-second rule. Uh, for relationships and for family called mirroring. If they're sad, you don't want to be sad, but reflect their sadness. Are, are you okay? What, what's wrong? Everything all right? But if they're happy, hey, what's going on? You mirror whatever their feelings are. If they're in a low mindset, you, you can then uh, connect with them and then pull them up into a zone mindset. So you've been doing the 90-second rule four years. So all right, let me ask you. No one's listening, Rob, right now. So have you violated the 90-second rule in four years? You know, in four years, uh, maybe one time, maybe two times. But I will, uh, I will uh, you know, if, if I'm on a phone call, I'll drive around the block or uh, finish it in the garage and clear, uh, 
clear my thoughts so you're, you're not in thinking about that business deal or HR, whatever the case is, and uh, come in and uh, it's, it's uh, family time. It's time to be with, uh, with your spouse or your kids and, uh, and make a difference. Hey, Rob, you've even cut me off. I, I got to go. 90-second rule. <laughs> Goodbye, Jim. Right. <laughs> and you hang yeah. up. You, yeah, yeah, you've blown me off many times in the 90-second rule. That, that's very true. I'm like, Jim, I'm in my garage. I've got to go. I got to <laughs> go. <laughs> Rob, let me ask you this. Did you let your family know that you'd started this new discipline, this new practice as part of the score system, or did they just see a change in you? Uh, you know, I, uh, they did, they definitely saw the change, but I did brief them on different, different things that, uh, that, that Jim and I had talked about on the 92nd rule and the score system. And so they, they were aware of it, but, uh, they, they did notice a difference. You know, one of the things, Rob, one of the things you've done masterfully, and I want to get into what your company does and how it does it, but you have a plan. You, you, you created a blueprint for not just your Employco USA. You created a blueprint for every aspect of your life, even being the best son you can be, the best brother that you can be. I know your brother is uh, a partner with you in your business, Rob uh, Wilson. Uh, excuse me, Scott Wilson is a partner with you. Uh, but you had a vision. You had goals for every part of your life. How has that helped you, just having that blueprint? You know, it, it's helped tremendously. So uh, a blueprint uh, of my life, which one you've, you've played a tremendous part on, uh, on creating that blueprint. I'm planning better, visualizing. Uh, from a company standpoint, uh, over the course of a couple of years, we doubled our business. Uh, so uh, I'm, I'm a better, I gotta better tell you, leader. That, that's a great feat. Doubled your income, doubled your business in a couple of years. That's an amazing feat. Kudos to you and your team. You got a great team at Employco. Yeah, and it's just it's uh, it's it's planning better uh, using visualization. The ninety second rule too of using that uh, to be a better leader, not just at home, but uh, rebooting in between meetings. As you whether you come out of a tough meeting or a great meeting, you, know, you go into the next meeting. Whether it's a, a sales appointment or an internal meeting, clearing. Uh, Clearing your mind, rebooting has been a tremendous technique. Rob, let me ask you, what areas of your life were you a little out of balance on before you created the blueprint? Because, you know, I'm 34 years old. I came up seeing certain tech entrepreneurs put out there starting in the late 90s who would claim to stay up for 36 hours straight, lift weights, drink Red Bull, and then finally collapse into a coma for 14 hours. And, and that was their quote unquote balance. And in certain entrepreneurial and tech circles, that was very much idealized. Like, man, if I could just be like that, why can't I stay up for a day and a half at a time? Because your, your body can't handle it, right? But that's, that's a standard that in, it, you can find circles of people like, man, I wish I could do that. Where were you out of balance? And when you doubled your business, what areas, came, what areas had to come back into balance first for that to happen? I think just the, uh, the self-discipline and being much more focused, uh, increasing optimism. And uh, really, uh, several parts of the score system. So, uh, doing a better work-life balance. You know, as an entrepreneur, you're always working. You're always. Uh, I don't care who, uh, what entrepreneur you talk to, they. You know, we don't turn it off. So it's really channeling that energy, channeling that direction, better time time management, uh, and really putting that blueprint together with Jim of what are 
what are my short-term goals and long-term goals, both in, uh, in business and life in general. Uh, you've been extremely consistent. I know every Sunday night uh, you visualize your upcoming week, you know, the macro issues you want to tackle. Um, let's talk about small business today. You know, everybody would love to own their own company, own their own business. Uh, today, it, it's easier to get started, but it's even more difficult, though, to thrive and, and really make it. Everybody can get started. You know, everybody's on the internet. Um, what's going on with small business, and how have you helped small businesses with Employco? Sure. Small businesses, it, uh, it's, it's a great environment for, for business today and has been, uh, has been the last few years. The, uh, for us, the key areas is, is helping them, one, on their HR side, being proactive and helping them with their employee onboarding, their increasing employee retention and, and increasing employee engagement. But on the on the flip side as well, helping them save money and offer bigger bigger benefits so they can compete. You know, when you're when you're trying to hire that person and that person's debating between you and a Fortune 500 company, enabling them to offer those same benefits to uh, so you can that employee can can now work for an entrepreneurial company but get the big company benefits. So you're saving small businesses on health insurance, uh, workman's compensation. Uh, you also uh, provide a, a handbook, uh, a manual for the company. Uh, and right. this onboarding, I, to me, that's one of the biggest challenges of any entrepreneur is hiring and firing. You know, you, you're an expert at what you do, but we're not always experts at interviewing people, onboarding them properly. And then, of course, if uh, things don't work out, uh, the owner's got to look in the mirror and go, I failed. I didn't, I didn't hire them uh, properly and I didn't train them properly. How do you do that with a company? If, if uh, a small owner, a business owner is listening right now, how do you on, onboard someone? What's, what's that process you help a company with? Right. So and that's a great question. So as, a, as an entrepreneur, whether you're, whether it's a restaurant or contractor or manufacturer, you're passionate about your business. You got into your business because you had an idea, a dream, a business plan, but you probably didn't get into business to manage your employees and, and run the HR. So that there's, you know, you're wearing a dozen different hats. You're really focused on growing your business, your, the, your vision, your goals. So, when we step in, we, we help you outsource your HR. So we help you hire, we help you fire, we help you with every aspect of the, of the HR, specifically onboarding. You know, all the studies have shown the, the first 60 to 90 days are the most important part of, uh, of, of a new employee relationship. You know, they're getting, they're, they're taking a, a leap of faith and so are you on hiring that person. So in, in small businesses, in most cases, it's, you know, your first day of the job is roll up your sleeves and you know, here's what we're doing. With us, we're helping them with that onboarding so that walking them through the benefits, uh, the handbook, the company culture, the company goals, and tying it all together. And then as you fast forward that, those on, uh, the onboarding that lasts, uh, for us, a typical onboarding about 90 days with different things during the course of uh, different cliffs over the course of the time. But then, you know, come at the end of the year, 
everybody hates performance reviews. Uh, you know, I find a boss that likes performance reviews because you're busy doing your job and running your business. We help uh, we help make those more proactive. Dial that into not just the it shouldn't be about what the what the employee does bad. It should be what what do they do well and how do what they do fit into what your company goals and envisions are so they know they're part of something bigger. You know, I've coached uh, GE Healthcare. I've coached their HR department, and they had hundreds of HR uh, people in this department managing 25,000 employees, very sophisticated. You're the first company that I've seen that can take those benefits that a GE might have and really shrink them down at a price a small business owner can afford and really plug them in. And the advantage that does, it really allows a small business to grow without some of the HR growing pains. You've done a great job with small businesses uh, with that. And I, and I think the other thing that a big company can do, you know, you don't go into business expecting uh, to have a transgender employee or you, you don't even think about it. 20 years ago, that term didn't even exist or sexual harassment. You know, who wants that in the workplace? But those things can happen. Or me- medical marijuana. You've dealt with all these issues with small businesses. Talk a little bit about that. And, and those are, you're exactly right. 20 years ago, you didn't see this in the, in the workplace, but, and it's something that you need to look at one from a, uh, uh, from a handbook standpoint and two from an operational standpoint. When, you know, uh, the medical marijuana, it's across 27, 28 states. You've got recreational now in a number of states your handbook needs to address it because what happens if you're, if it's a factory or you've got a guy on a forklift or driving or a sales rep driving a car and they're, they're using medical marijuana. You, you've got exposures as your, uh, as your business, no different than uh, if someone's on came back from whatever surgery and they're on Vicodin, you've got to address that in your handbook. And that's something that we do turnkey, but as well, when you look at, transgender we had a, you know a number of clients that over the last couple of years they just you know they see it on tv they see it on the news but you know what do you do how do you handle it from hr what do you do about a bathroom standpoint or or even the legality side of i i hired uh, i hired betty and when i did the i9 you know her driver's license said john yeah that's so a, just ch- to make sure that's that a challenge right. that the no one would have thought about 20 years ago. So when, when a small company that, uh, that you're overseeing all of their HR and one of these challenges does come up, how do you help them? Yeah, what so do you we're do? There, we've, got a, we're, we're, we've got a dedicated team. So each client, so one thing that I, I've never been a fan of call centers. So in a lot of our competitors that they, you know, you call the 800 number, it's like the airline, you hope you get somebody that's helpful. So on, on ours, our, our HR department really becomes a part of your company. So we're, we're there a phone call away, or uh, we work in 49 states. So we're there to uh, help coach the, uh, the business owner or operations, whoever the person is through, through the process of the, the right way to do it, whether it's hiring or firing or uh, counseling them on, you know, transgender and medical marijuana or any, any other HR issue. So we really, we help them 
create a, a blueprint for their HR. And, and that includes also helping someone with workman's comp issues. I mean, you know, if there's a work, workman's compensation claim, you know, and you're a small business owner, okay, now what do I do? <laughs> do you handle that for them or, or with them, is that correct? Right, and, and that's, uh, that's a, a typical response of a, a small business. What do I do? I, you know, I <laughs> now what? Comp. What, do I, right, what do I do? do I, can I fire the person, or how do I treat the person, or what do I do? And we, we help them turnkey. We've got a nurse triage system where uh, the injured employee and the supervisors are sp- speaking immediately to a, to a case nurse and, and helping, with, you know, helping either refer them to urgent care or can it be self-treated. We handle the claim start to finish all the way through. Now, Rob, I want to bring up something that was, without a doubt, one of the worst days of my own career. Early on, 24 years old, see the, the extension pop up that it's HR. You know, on, on your corporate phone, you just see the, four, the last four numbers, right? If it's inter-office, pick up the phone. So, you might have caused a lawsuit. And I was just baffled. I was like, how could I have possibly caused a lawsuit? And what had happened, I'd hired a, you know, a young part-time employee, 21, 22 years old, who just didn't show up like three or four times in a row. And I just finally called and said, well, I assume you quit, but if you didn't quit, <laughs> you know, we, we're, we're going to have to terminate this, right? And you know, kind of do the proper things. Not a problem. That's, that's something you'd have to do sometimes. The problem was this employee put me down as a reference and I got a call. Hey, is this a good employee to hire? No, definitely not. I wouldn't do that if I were you not realizing that that could actually open you up to litigation. So talk to me about right. maybe some of, and the thing is I was 24 years old. I had never been told, Hey, if you get a, re- a reference call, here's what you can and can't say to protect the company. So talk to me about the most common mistakes that companies and managers make that could be opening them up to big lawsuits and they don't even realize it. Yeah. And that's a, a great, great example of, of what happened to you when, one of the things that we do is we coach our clients that if, you know, when you when, if it's a reference call, really you should just give dates of employment. You know, that person, yes, they worked here, started X date, finished X date. Don't really get in, uh, into detail like you did of uh, the person was good, the person was bad, because you really are opening up yourself. All you all you really have to say is your your dates of employment. You know, the other part that we always So you should never you should is, never say he he's really a handsome guy, he's got a great <laughs> physical build. She looks really good. Those things are taboo. And you go into do you do you go in with your clients some of the things that might be obvious? Do you go through details because some things that are obvious, you know, when you're an entrepreneur, you can get really get caught in the middle of all the work you're doing and you're just off the cuff, off the top of your head. It's easy to say things that you just didn't think about it. Do you prep everyone in your, in your onboarding process about some of the basics that maybe you take it for granted? Right. Uh, we do. And that's a great, you know, you may think oh, this, the employee was really bad. Or you know they're really good, and I hate to, I hate to lose them, but I'm a really bad employee to say to, that reference check to say the person is really bad. You're just opening up a can of worms. So we we work with them that on that, as well as when you go to terminate somebody, you want to make sure you know, all your ducks in a row, so to speak. That uh, that you look at most people don't think about the different 
there's age discrimination, race discrimination, there's you know, sex discrimination. There's all you know so much more discrimination possibilities today. And you really want to make sure that that you have it together uh, before you terminate someone. And that so that's something that our HR team works with businesses on a on a daily basis to make sure that you're doing it right, so that you can't stop someone from from suing you for wrongful termination. But at least you're you've done it right. And so when they do try and sue you, you know that you've done it right and you're protected. Yeah, unfortunately, we're a litigious society. And, um, you know, when tough times happen in the economy, uh, the litigious nature uh, can increase. You do one more thing that I find interesting uh, for a company. Uh, You can literally place an HR person in their company a couple of times a week, and you've even placed people in the company. They work for you, but they're there solely for their benefit. Tell me about some. Uh, tell me about that. That's a different part of your business, but it's an integral part of your business. Right. So that our onsite onsite HR model. It, it's it's we've had tremendous success with it. So it's allowed us to not just help small companies, but larger companies where we're building out their HR team. And because of our back office, our back office, we're able to do your unemployment claims and workers' comp claims and customer service and, and, uh, and health insurance and all the paperwork, which has enabled us to have our on-site person be much more strategic and really focus in on uh, how can we increase uh, your retention, your engagement, and, and be more proactive HR instead of reactive. Because so, so many times... Your HR person, they're they're reacting to paperwork or you know, busy work, but not really working on proactive engagement, for example. So that uh, it it gives our clients the best of both worlds. One much more strategic, whether it's a one or two days a week, or five days a week, or a half a day. It really depends on the business. So we're uh, we're able to by using our back office, we're able to take that daily work and and handle it in volume here in our office. And, and I, I I would assume that if they uh, things don't work out with that person, maybe it's a personality conflict. You can you can uh, exchange the person with someone else. Ab- correct? Absolutely. Tomorrow, you know, absolutely. You can. We can have someone else there tomorrow. Rob, I want you to talk to me about being a leader who helps your team with work-life balance because you're leading people that are in the thick of it and there's not a lot of room for error in your, in your world, right? Because so much of what you do has to do with lawsuits and making sure that companies stay on the straight and narrow to where they're doing good business and don't get sued, which means your team has to be making excellent decisions and be you know, world-class decision makers as Jim talks about. How do you help facilitate that you know, in, especially in a time when you're growing, you double your business in two years. People think that would be so great. I'd love to, to double my business in two years. I am sure there are challenges that you had never imagined would have happened by doubling your business that, that you couldn't have anticipated. It sounds great on paper, but there's a whole lot of growing pains to get there, right? So how have you been able to transfer your work-life balance and decision-making skills into others? So I think uh, really the score system has played an integral part uh, for me personally, uh, helping me be a better leader. And as we're, and sure there's road bumps along the way, but you know, I look at it differently now than I did 10 years ago. I don't look at them as, as road bumps. I look at them as opportunities. 
you know, you know and we have challenges, but uh, there's, we don't have problems anymore. So really creating that self-discipline and, uh, and spreading that across our, our team, uh, increasing our employee communication, knowing that uh, our team, every team member knows what we do, what our goals are, and having everybody be focused. But at the same time, then bringing in that uh, the relaxation and the enjoyment into into to people into the workplace, it's it's been uh, it's been fantastic. So it's a very exciting time for our company, and we're just we've doubled, but we've got some pretty aggressive growth plans over the next several years, and uh, people are excited. Well, you know, you hit on something, Rob, that I think a lot of companies need to implement. That that's the big companies, not just the small ones. And, and let me just preface, preface it by saying turnover with your team, your employees, well, that, that can really stop the train, stop the momentum, somebody leaving your company. Uh, and a lot of people are trying to better themselves. They're always looking for the shiny dime or the bigger paycheck. But you've helped companies lower their uh, uh, people leaving, their retention rate of employees is very high, and you've done that uh, by adding suggestions and recommendations on how to make the employee a better person, and you've done a great job with that. I know you do that in your own company. I, I really believe you could fire people in your company, they'd want to reapply maybe for a different job. <laughs> But can I can I reapply in a month? I'll get my act together, and and you don't have a lot of uh, people leaving your company. What are some of the things that you've done with your company? What are some of the things maybe you suggested to help the relaxation and enjoyment? You know, right? You know, there's been a trend. Let's milk the employee for every dime you know dime we can. Uh, let's uh, trim the tree, maybe fire ten percent and get more productivity of everybody that's left without increasing payroll. Well, that trend's starting to change. How have you met that balance? What some of the things have you done specifically? Sure. So it's uh, it, it's creating that life life work balance that uh, you know we need people to be focused when they're here, but we also know there's there's life outside of work, and and you're juggling a, a number of different generations from your millennials and baby boomers, and, and now you've got the disease coming into the uh, workforce soon, and it's it's managing those, creating a creating a workplace where. Uh, we're all on the same team. The, the bigger the team environment, the uh, I think the stronger the, uh, the the company is, as well as work on company culture. All it, you know, we we like anybody else. You don't hire 100 percent correctly all the time, but it's it's knowing when you when you don't because that that company culture is so important. It takes so long to change your company culture. Well, all you need is one bad hire to kind of throw a wrench in it. So it's well, really you, you've done some culture. You've had some team building uh, events. I know you had one that was crazy. Uh, what is it, the mud run <laughs> that you had your team out? You had the whole company do it? Or? Well, it, uh, no. talk, talk about the mud run. Now, this is an outside-of-work event. Tell us about that. Right, so it's a, it's a charity that uh, a, a friend of ours puts on a, a, a mud run that's a, 
you know, it's 30 different obstacles, six and a half mile run on a, uh, on a Saturday morning. And we, we entered as a corporate challenge. Then we've, you know, we opened, opened it up to anybody internally and people were excited about it. So we had, uh, we had nine people enter, enter the race and uh, I, I was in it as, as well. And it was a, it was a blast. Everyone there had a, had a great time as well as we had other people from the office come and uh, come and watch along the way. So it's uh, at any time you can do a team building exercise like that. I mean, granted that was a little bit more on the extreme side, but uh, from a physical fitness standpoint, but, we try and do outings throughout the year to whether you're whether you're bringing breakfast into the entire office or you're going off site to uh, to the you know the racetrack for uh, uh, and the employees get to go down to the winter circle where the you know and, and and meet the jockey the win you know and have the race named after you or uh, we've done bowling and bocce ball where and we like to mix it up so that it's not by department. You know, you've got a, you know, you're sitting next to somebody or, or on the same team as someone that doesn't work in your department, really to strengthen those relationships. So we just came out of, you know, a few years ago, obviously, one of the more difficult challenges of the nation, pretty, pretty deep recession that lasted for a few years. And the big cry in business at that time was if only good business could pick up, if only business could pick up. Now that the economy is really humming along and it's great, the big pain point is, man, where do I get great people and how do I keep them? And if you think you don't have time to give back to your employees, it sounds to me like that kind of stuff takes a lot less time than continually hiring people and going, oh no, another one just left in the first three months because somebody offered him something a little bit better and we didn't give them a great experience here and another guy just did. So, so let, let's elaborate on that. I, I have a small business, let's say, and I, I've got 15 employees. And I don't want uh, anyone to leave. I, I've spent money, time, effort. Business is going well. Do you help map out the next year for me? Uh, do you know uh, my hiring tendencies or what I might be doing in the future? And how do you help me with that challenge? How do I grow? Right. Great question. So, uh, on, on two answers. One, we help the employees grow, and also as you help the em employer grow, the statistic over 50% of your employees will will entertain or or potentially look for a new job this year. It's a pretty high rate. It was higher Holy a cow. couple years ago. Could you repeat that, please? That's terrifying. Right. So, 50% of your employees will either uh, be either look for a job or be approached about being recruited away from your office. So you really need to focus on, I, I offer, a, my workplace is great. I've got a great opportunity. We've got employee engagement, your communication. There's so many different tools that you, you need to look at. You know, employee communication, for example, you need to make sure that your employees know you've got a clear vision and you know, the goals, how you treat your employees. Your, uh, because it's you know you know that if it's a valued employee of yours and they're doing a good job, the odds are a recruiter at some point this year is calling them, trying to hire them away. Especially when you look at the unemployment rate uh, as of Friday was four point four percent. Wow. Well, I I know at so, the end of the year you have a uh, a meeting with everybody in your company, kind of the state of the union, uh, but you reveal the vision of your company 
And a lot of small businesses don't do that or don't want to do that. You do that openly. This is where we're going. This is what we're going to do. And it really has made your employees uh, feel that they're an integral part of something greater than themselves. And I, I know that's one of the one of the feelings that an employee can have that will keep them there. And I, I'm not going to look for the shiny di- uh, dime job offer by some recruiter uh, because I know I'm an integral part of something here right now. And, and you've done a great job with that. Of all the companies that you coach, how many are having that annual uh, fourth quarter, let's get ready for 2018? Is that on the uptick? Is that on the downtick, or does that exist? You do it. How about your yeah. clients? Yeah, we do it, and we recommend to our clients that they do it as well because you're, you know, it's an integral part of employee communication, similar to you know, company newsletters and getting the communication out from from the top down across all lines, and, and letting people, uh, letting your your employees and coworkers, team members know, here's where here's what we've done, here's where we're headed. We value you as a part of the team. Uh, we incorporate into uh, other other events so that way it's uh, it's not just uh, you, know, you don't have to focus just on that that aspect, but it's a part of your team building and, and it I think it helps you know quite a bit on your uh, on your retention because you you know the your employees are being approached by by other companies so you want to offer them great benefits you want to uh, you want to show them the vision of, of they're part of something bigger and, uh, and, and be a good boss. And Rob, can I just put some legs to how real it can be for a leader that you could be losing your, your team members? Back when I was not out on my own, when I was still part of corporate America, I was getting calls in 2015 and 2016 that were basically offers without the recruiter even asking me too much about my skill set because companies were that desperate to get somebody with a pulse into the chair. And when somebody wants your employee without even knowing if they're good or not, that's when you've really got to be doing a great job with them to make sure that they're really, really rooted in your organization. Right. And, and you know, the job market is getting tighter and tighter right now. And uh, as the economy continues to grow, Depending on what your industry is, there's uh, the the job market. You, the, you know, the best employees are working, and so uh, you want to keep those employees, and they you want to keep them working for you, not for your competitor. Well, I have to give you some kudos. Uh, a kudo to your company. Uh, can you share with us uh, your ranking in Illinois, Cranes Magazine? Uh, talk a little little bit about how your company has grown and where are you as a company in terms of uh, that magazine article, the top employers of Illinois. Yeah, so we're ranked, uh, Cranes ranked us as uh, we're in the top uh, 150 as privately held employers, uh, as privately held. And then as the, as the employee count, we're, uh, we're in the top 25. Of, uh, you know, we work with this, uh, this current year, we'll, we work with uh, roughly 31,000 employees across uh, 49 states. That's impressive. And, and you've done all of this in a, uh, you, you had a solid business, but you've, you've really taken this to another level. And, and you're not only, only profiting from this, you've doubled your business, but you're helping small business owners all over America. Uh, focus on what they do best and the things they don't do best, like 
hiring, firing, HR, uh, workman's comp, and uh, health insurance, you're taking that off their plate and say, go do what you do. We got your back. That's really what makes you an exceptional company. And I, I see nothing but positivity uh, with EmployCo USA. So, Rob, how, how do we find you? Uh, I've got a small business. I, I, need, a, I need an HR department. How do, I, how do I find you, Rob? Sure. So, EmployCo.com, E-M-P-L-O-Y-C-O.com. Uh, we're, uh, we're actually throughout the country. And uh, Rob Wilson at EmployCo.com. Uh, we, we'd love to help. Uh, you know, as, we, as we've, we've grown over the helping small businesses, we, we'd like to uh, help anyone out there that needs assistance on, uh, on helping grow their businesses. All right. This is my, this is my last question. Work life balance. So how's your golf game, Rob? <laughs> I, when I first met you, it was pouring rain. Uh, we were an amazing uh, golf club down in Augusta, kind of rivaling Augusta national Sage Valley golf club. But that's what we met at a golf event where I was given a keynote, as you said, at the top of this, how's your golf game in the last uh, three or four years? You've actually played more golf and made more money uh, in the last four years than uh, anyone could possibly imagine. How's your golf game? That That's true. I've been playing a lot of golf this summer, and uh, it's great. I had uh, had a great round on, on Friday. My my index is going down and uh, getting ready for another another tournament, another Sobel Cup uh, a week from uh, week from Monday. Actually, next Monday. Wow. So it, uh, a, uh, but had a uh, you know my and my my kids are playing golf they're uh, they're they're doing great as as well but uh, my my game is definitely a lot better than it was four years ago I'm playing a, a lot more golf now uh, even with the the business growing and doubling I, ha, have you but, have you applied some of the techniques you've been using in business to your golf game absolutely the ability to reboot after a bad hole and not not to have bad holes and and clear your mind. It uh, some of your 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 advice on the on the golf side has been fantastic. Hey Rob, thanks a lot for being on the show. Uh, I look forward to having you back. Uh, there's so many subjects that we could talk about, and I, and I think right now work life balance. I mean, you're you're the poster uh, man for uh, work life balance and. Just keep it up. I'm really proud of what you've done, and uh, you've got a great team in uh, Westmont, Illinois. And uh, congratulations on your success, and just stay in the zone. One of my favorite parts of the Jim Fannin Show, you get access to world-class coaching, just like the top titans of industry and professional athletes around the world. Ask Jim at jimfannin.com. Ask Jim at jimfannin.com. Before we get into the email bag here, I just wanted to ask a question about work-life balance that I, I saw through the, the eyes of a friend this week. A friend of mine's in, in retail, and they're doing great. They're expanding. He's a business owner. And what he hears from other business owners all the time is they're kind of like Charlie Brown, you know, after he got the football, the football ball pulled away from him, he's just kind of hanging his head, right? And it's like, oh, well, you know, it's going to be tough with Amazon out there. And my friend would say, well, are you, is, it, is your business slowing down? Well, no, but, you know, it's going to be tough with Amazon. I don't know where exactly how optimism fits into work-life balance, but if you're just walking around defeated about a problem that isn't actually happening, 
it seems like your work-life balance is going to be way out of whack because you're worried about something that's not even going on at this point. Well, first of all, you can eliminate worry by uh, untethering yourself from the story of Amazon coming in with Whole Foods or uh, the retail business and really taking away from a brick-and-mortar business. Uh, The most important thing in business is what your customer or client thinks once they've left your presence, once they hang up with you on a phone, or once they leave your retail store. What they think about you really depends on you. And are you really selling? Now you're inspiring, you're motivating people to improve their quality of life at a price they can afford with your service or product. That's really what it's about. So are you really selling? Uh, You're really not even closing the deal. You're trying to open relationships. And I think a small business owner especially has an advantage because just like Rob Wilson has said, he's cultivating relationships. He's helping people meet challenges that uh, could be daunting. So, yeah, Amazon's coming in. Are they going to do that? Are they really going to influence? There's some people, they're going to leave you because of price. Hey, it is what it is. You're either going to match the price, maybe you'll lose them. But customer service has never been more important right now. So think about not just the customer, not just the client. Think about their thoughts. As an owner of a business, you influence those thoughts, positive or negative. And whatever you say, whatever you do, can alter their thinking. And that's going to translate into more business. Customers that stay a long time, and that's what building relationships with your customer base really is all about. I'm not sure Amazon can do that. Jim, can we pull back a tool that was in a previous episode that I I think fits really well here as a reminder? When you talked about how to introduce yourself, if you're a small business owner, I think this is key. You talked about leaving some space between your first and last name, but I, I can't remember exactly why that works. Can you unpack that for me again? Well, I think silence is one of the most important elements in just living. Uh, we need silence in our life. Uh, when there is silence, just like I had some dead air <laughs> time on the podcast, listening and retention increases 30 to 40 So if you want to make a point with a teenage son or daughter, you add silence. This is not acceptable. Now, that's a power sentence. This is not acceptable. But by adding silence, the retention of that, the impact that has, well, it's huge. So if you want to say your name, especially if You've never met this person. You know, my name is Jim Fannin. And that silence in between ensures 30, 40% of the person hearing my name that they remember it. And when you say your last name, you come toward them slightly, not not really overt in their face. Uh, but you basically, when I say Fannin, I'm just going to come toward you a little bit. People that have multiple syllable last names. My name is Jim Fannin. What? And I heard it, 
but I it didn't stick. I don't. Yeah. And I don't even know your name now. I'm still talking to you. So to flip it around, if you want to remember someone's name and they're not uh, leaving silence in between their first and last name, ask them, could you spell it? Keep finding out their name. And then once you really know their name, if you say their name up to six times while you're meeting them, while you're looking them in the eye, right, Seth? I'm yeah. looking you in the eye. Yep. Okay, Seth, uh, I hope this answers your question. So, Seth, so now I mention your name. Now I'm going to remember your name. So there's two sides of this coin. One in learning someone's name. Remember, a lot of us have challenges. I, I don't know his name. What's his name? I, who was on the air? What's his name? I don't remember it. Uh, and also, we're not always impressive of making our name a big deal. And I would take this one step further, Seth. I think we need to teach our children how to introduce themselves. Shaking someone's hand, firm, firm handshake, looking people in the eye long enough to discern eye color, saying your name with silence in between your first and last name. You know, that's your personal brand. That's a big deal. Uh, I've had so many sales groups just go around the room practicing this technique. And unfortunately, that's one of those things we don't really stick in America. Obviously, you've spent time as a professional athlete and a coach in Europe. I feel like, in, especially France, from what I've read, that the children are brought up very well to, to be able to interact with adults. And then when they get into the, the working world later, it's so much easier for them to say, hello, my name is Seth, because they didn't get out of it when they were five and seven and nine years old. You know, my, my mom, God rest her soul, she, she really taught me uh, how to introduce myself. At, well, taught, she made me introduce myself. You know, it's just a standard. Uh, say hello to Mrs. Nihus. And then that was my cue to say my name. Yeah. Hi, I'm Jimmy Fannin. So I was even adding silence to my name. Uh, my mother taught me that skill set. And, and it's really served me well for a long time. Add silence between your name. Uh, you're giving people a reason to remember you. And if they don't remember your name, yeah, what's that guy? He's a tall guy. He's bald. I, well, if that's you, you didn't give them reason to remember it. Let's get into an email here. Jim, I understand what the zone is in football or basketball or volleyball that are moving very quickly. However, I'm a triathlete, and so I'm running, lifting weights, swimming, and cycling. What does a zone look like when I'm involved in solitary activities that take a long time? Well, that's an interesting question. Uh, First of all, I've seen someone in the zone 33 days. So the zone can last the whole day long enough to finish a, a triathlon. Uh, or even a marathon, and I've coached a lot of marathon runners. Uh, Like anything, there's a beginning, there's a middle, and there's an end. And you really want to visualize the parts of your performance, seeing it as if it's so, seeing it as it will be. And you want to be fully engaged. You also, even though you're running, you can also turn your brain off and not think at all and be mindless. And you just listen to your feet hitting the ground or listen to the water as you're carving through it with your hands swimming. 
uh, just getting fully engaged into the moment. Uh, I think it's actually easier when you have a triathlon because you can segregate all three. You can take a mental break, even though you're still moving. You can reboot, and you can also tell if, if it's your last event, I'm a closer. I'm a closer. You want to open up strong. You want to make adjustments, pick up the pace, slow down the pace, relax, and then you need to close. Uh, the zone is the zone is the zone. And the other thing I've learned, the more you're in the zone in your life, well, the easier it is to get, get into there. it yeah. in a triathlon. Let's get into the zone cafe as we wrap things up because wherever you're at, you're going to need to pull up and order one of these five menu items. We have a zone cafe, Seth. It's got five dishes that you can select. You can come here as many times as you want, but right now you got to pull up and order only one of these. Which one do you need? You can order a big bucket of self-discipline, the willingness, commitment to stay with a task or a group of tasks to reach a well-defined goal with a vision of where you want to be in some point in time. Self-discipline, well, that comes with the patience, strategy, tactics, a couple of side dishes there. Do you order some self-discipline? Or maybe in your life right now, you need a big bag of concentration. I'm talking about the ability to focus mental and physical energy while you're executing those tasks as you're achieving the goals and going to that vision. Or a big, giant plate of optimism. The belief, the expectancy... The sense of knowing that the task you're executing, they're going to lead to that goal. That vision will happen. Do you need some optimism? Or maybe you need a tall, smooth drink of relaxation. Being comfortable, free from worry and anxiety and fear, calm, peace. Or maybe you need a slab of enjoyment. Little passion, you know, some excitement, little pep in the step. What do you need? What's the missing link? You know, we know that these five dishes, these five intangibles, self-discipline, concentration, optimism, relaxation, and enjoyment, they form a domino-like chain. And Seth, you're only as good as the weakest link in this chain. And through research, we've learned that each of these five dishes each of these five intangibles, they trigger natural bodily chemicals. And when they're at a high state, balanced, that's when the zone comes, the purposeful calm, when everything starts clicking. So what do you need? You're at the zone cafe. What are you ordering? Self-discipline? Concentration? What are you, what are you ordering? I'm ordering self-discipline today. Self-discipline. Well, you know what? I'm, I'm going to order a little bit of relaxation. I've been writing a lot, and uh, I know when we're done with this broadcast, I, I may even take a nap. I'm going to chill out a little bit. I'm going to do a giant reboot and clear my mind so that I can get ready and replenish some energy to tackle whatever's next to my plate. Well, listen, Seth, until next week, be in the zone. It's the only place to be. Thanks for being with us on the Jim Fannin Show. Until next week, be in the zone.
This is the Crush Report with Jeff Groeschel. When we look at training adaptations, progressions, and practice strategy for optimizing performance, you always hear someone say, it's not practice that makes perfect, it's perfect practice that makes perfect. And that's always bothered me. I just like to put it out there. There's no such thing as perfect practice, nor should you try to be perfect, because the real world of sports performance is never perfect. You see, if you really want to tap into skill development and influence sports performance, you need to make your practice imperfect. Skill acquisition is all about the body building corrective models to solve problems that occur in the competitive setting. So if you've been working to create a perfect practice environment with perfect conditions under perfect circumstances, you may very well be limiting your performance. About 85% of coaching is based on the brain central model, where you communicate with the brain to make adjustments, like constantly giving an athlete verbal cues. The problem It's totally unrelated to sport where the body reacts to the environment with little or no communication with the brain. So try to create variability. In baseball, throw different pitches at batting practice. In golf, do drills with a reverse grip. On the ice, set up controlled skating drills with loose skates. Be creative. And remember, the best athletes are the ones who can easily adapt to the constantly changing environment of competitive sport. Crush Performance, your weekly source for sport performance and athletic development information. If you're a serious athlete, a weekend warrior, parent, or coach, join us each week as we investigate the latest trends and research coming out of the sport performance world. We'll visit with top athletes, coaches, and sports scientists to keep you on the cutting edge and to find out what it truly takes to achieve human maximum performance. You can visit us online at CrushPerformance.com and Crush Performance Radio with me, Jeff Kershell, can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, and at Radio Influence.